0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC.
1: On the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline, a former Razorback who was on the 2009 team that reached Omaha, Justin Wells, joining us today. Justin, welcome. How are you?
2: Good. Thanks for having me. You bet. I, my voice might be a little raspy because it was a late night and the seven-year-old travel coach pitched baseball. Beating up on Benton last night.
1: Oh, a little jab there. Dream, dream come true. That's nice. That's a perfect way to end your day. That's right. I will assume you got a chance to watch the game. Did you see all of it with all the delays and everything?
2: No, I got to see parts of it. I saw uh, my Bryant boy, McIntyre, dealing on on North Carolina. And uh, what a great story it is. I'm happy for him. Happy for, you know, kind of the Bryant tradition of sending good pitchers up there. Yeah. From, you know, you had Trent Daniel uh mcintyre Ledbetter, theirs they're both there now hmm. and uh one of the best playing night yeah ever come there is a guy so it's a nice tradition because a lot of people don't realize how few of just arkansas guys even get the chance to play for the razorbacks if you look on their roster on the 27 man travel team 20 of the guys aren't even from
1: arkansas how
0: about evan lee just uh, went down yeah, and, and did the story Lane. on Evan, big too. From yeah. Yeah. I missed the big one there.
1: Well, most people stay, start with Justin Wells when they talk about that, so it's all good. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so, Wes was talking, we were talking about this, and I, I guess I didn't remember it as well. I've slept since then and had a couple of beers, but the 09 team, you guys had kind of a similar path where things didn't go too great down the stretch, but you get into the postseason and you kind of flip the switch.
2: That's right. It kind of reminds me a lot of this team. Our team was very, very up and down. We started. We started off SEC play nine and one. Uh, we had a number one rank, ranking during that season. In the middle of the season, we played Arizona State in a midweek where they were ranked number one, and we threw like almost 30,000 fans in a two-day midweek series. So we went from that, and then we lost eight to nine SEC games down the stretch. We went two and two in an SEC tournament. So we were three and seven going into the NCAA tournament and nobody really gave us a shot. We just had a bunch of a bunch of tough guys that didn't want to lose.
0: How do you think y'all turned it around, Flip that switch?
2: I just think the main thing is kind of like what's happening here is the pitching was kind of struggling down the stretch, and they hit a lot better than we did, but the pitching started coming around. It started clicking. We started getting guys in in, in roles that they hadn't done but actually performed well in, and that's what I see out of this team. And they have a real shot because they have a lot a lot deeper in hitting. And it's kind of funny talking about uh, the 0-19. We went back in 19 before COVID, and they had a little reunion for our team. And Coach Van Horn got up there to speak about our team. And he's like, yeah, I started looking over the schedule to write a little speech about you guys. And then I started getting cold sweats. Like I was reliving it from one to not ranked to the World Series.
1: We're talking to Justin Wells of the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. You know, this is an interesting staff, and we've debated Connor Nolan a lot on the show. I mean, Connor had such a good start to the year and was pressed into this role because Paulette, I don't know if you give credit to Benton Pitchers, but he would have been probably their ace. Um, but he's pressed into that, that Friday night role and had a very solid season, but had a couple of tough outings late. And then he's been almost untouchable the last couple of times he's been on the mound. But there isn't an, a dominant guy. You mentioned Blaine Knight. They've had guys like that, cops last year. There isn't that guy, but there is a great collection. It seems like of, of good, solid guys. Um, give me kind of your thoughts on the on the pitching staff and and what what they, I guess, how you think it'll translate to Omaha and what the demands are of a World Series run.
2: You're you're definitely right on with that. I like the pitching staff and the guy like Connor Nolan. He's gonna he's got the experience and it's experience in the SEC is indescribable. Just because. Wherever you came from, whether it's high school or junior college, the speed of the game is so much faster. Each guy runs faster, they hit the ball harder than you've ever seen. The nine-hole guy can take you deep. Well, wherever you come from, that really didn't happen to you. And so the experience is priceless, just like you see Hagen Smith, you know, kind of struggle, good early on struggle leading up to this, and he's finally getting the experience of the speed of the game down where he's starting to become dominant in his role. So I think a lot of us experience, especially for the young guys and the transfer guys.
0: What do you he's think about
2: against the
0: What do you think about Hagen Smith's new role as the closer?
2: I love it. He's a tough guy. He's got a you know a warrior attitude when he gets out there, and that's what it takes at the end of the game. You know your starting pitcher. He's got to be a tough guy too, but he's got to be able to control and ride the roller coaster where your closer can just be just a kind of a crazy guy that. Goes out there on the on the verge of ready to fist fight everybody.
1: <laughs> we asked Connor Nolan this last week, and he said it doesn't matter to him. What about for you? Is the mental approach different for a pitcher starting versus coming in as a reliever?
2: Definitely, definitely. Because as a starting pitcher, like when I started leading up to it, it's the anxiety of man. You know, you never know how it's going to go as a starting pitcher, so you're anxious. You're not. Never really nervous. You're anxious for the outcome because you it, after you, the nerves are there until after you throw that first pitch, and it and then it becomes just the same game you played your whole life, whether there's twelve thousand fans or no fans. But it's just anxiety. Whereas the reliever, you just show up and you're just sitting there watching the game. The telephone rings and they they call your name, say get hot and hurry up. And you <laughs> don't really have time to process it a yeah. whole lot. Yeah.
0: How about uh, McIntyre and. You know, I felt like he's been one of their most dependable pitchers down the stretch, and I thought there was a chance he'd pitch game, two. What have you seen from him and the opportunity that he's been given?
2: Just the consistency of uh, being able to throw the off-speed breaking pitch for a strike. It doesn't matter how hard you throw. If you can change speed, so you can your off-speed, you can throw it for a strike in any count. You can, You keep the hitter from guessing. They can never guess or sit on a pitch. It doesn't matter how hard you throw. And... You know, at 90, 91 miles an hour, he's not scared to pitch inside. And there's a lot of guys that don't even pitch inside, even at that
0: level. Justin Wells with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. What's it say about a team, because you guys did the same thing, but to go to Stillwater, win that regional, then go to Chapel Hill, win the Super Regional. You guys went to Norman and uh, Florida State. What, What does it say about a team to be able to go on the road and do that?
2: You know, just a bunch of really tough guys, like I said earlier. But part of it is, when you go on the road, I always liked it because there's not as many distractions. I heard Robert Moore on the radio last week saying it's a lot easier to play on the road than you think. Just because when you're in Fayetteville and you're starting to do well and you're getting all the publicity, you're going to the College World Series, just about everybody you come across in your life wants a ticket, wants a picture, wants an autograph. So it's nice to get away from the distraction. Your phone doesn't ring all the time when you're on the road and you can really concentrate on baseball. I remember in oh9 when... You know, Wes used to come up there and visit me and my my roommate Mike Bolsinger and, you know, take us out for beers when we were, like, 18, stuff like that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
0: Come no, on now. You're 21. <laughs> yeah, no. know. Was it, it may have been Carver that was only 18.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's right.
1: What are your memories of being up there? I'm, I'm looking back through that 09 uh, tournament, and, I mean, I covered it. I don't know if I was there or not. I don't know. I've been to a couple of them. I think I might have been this one. Uh, but you guys won a couple, and then you lost to the eventual national champion twice. What well, What are your memories of that '09 9 run? There's,
2: oh, there's a lot of good memories. First comes to mind when we were rolling, the bus was rolling up, and LSU fans flipping us off on the way there. Uh, also, the fan-oriented part of it, they treat you like royalty. And, and if you've never been to the College World Series, it's so fan-friendly. They have, like, wiffle ball set up home run derby for the kids and t-shirts and it's just a, an awesome event if you ever get the opportunity to go but my fondest memory would have to be the virginia game when we we're down to our last strike ready to go home and eibner hit one about out of the stadium in the bottom of the ninth with two outs and two strikes to tie it and we eventually won it in extra innings hey.
0: What's it like to play at the College World Series though? I mean, it's the biggest probably yeah, I guess it's the biggest stadium you've been in most likely all year. Uh the crowd, I mean, just the moment, what is it what is it like?
2: It's like playing at Bomb Stadium on on just a little bit more steroids because at Bomb Stadium there's like a few people out there during batting practice, but when you're at like in first day game, you're out there for batting practice, the stands are full and they're going wild on balls hit out of the stadium or you know, you're catching pitchers catching balls behind their back in the outfield and tossing them in the it's Really, It's really, really a cool atmosphere. But the Arkansas guys are used to that. At Stadium, it's it's just as wild and crazy, too.
1: So you played one of the last years at Rosenblatt, if I'm reading this correctly. Have you been up to the new ballpark?
2: I have been up to. I, I was lucky to get to go to the College World Series final uh, with Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. Hmm. Last year, I got to sit by Ron Polk for a while. Oh, that's I was up cool. in the stand, yeah. But uh, I got to go with my friend Greg Hatcher. He took me up there, and it was an awesome experience. Yeah.
0: Justin, uh, is this the year? Does Dave Van Horn finally get it? Do you feel like that they're, they're playing well enough to win the whole thing?
2: Well, I wish I, I wish I knew for sure because I, I would probably put a little money on it. But <laughs> I don't know. Baseball is just so inconsistent. You got to be hot at the right time. You got to have timely hits. Uh, you have to have great performances from pitchers in clutch situations, and like I was talking about earlier, when you start, you just never know how it's going to go. You, even if you execute your pitches, if they they're ready for them, they're going they're going to hurt you. But I like our chances, especially with, you know top seed like Tennessee, the Tennessee wild men <laughs> getting beat out and all their antics, and, and they can't bring their fur coats to Omaha and their daddy hats.
0: What speaking of those antics. Rock Riggio, if if that would happen back when you played, would you have had a problem hitting him at his next at bat? Not
2: one problem. I was I was even uh, <laughs> texting somebody saying, "Just let me sit up one time for one pitch." You got you have to rein a guy like that in. Especially what's to me, I, I view it as what is there to lose? He's beating you. He was like thirteen to twenty two with four or five home runs. You're good. you want to put him on anyway? you Might as well put him on and send a message also. But I don't like that. The antics showing up a pitcher, just like with all the home run trot. How would he feel if I struck him out and I threw my hat in the glove in the air and
0: did a little dance on the mound? <laughs> Rock Riggio visited Arkansas. He, he went on a uh, you know on, on a visit, and I guess you know he seriously considered going to Arkansas. If he played for Van Horn, how would Dave Van Horn treat Rock Riggio?
2: No problem, raining him in. There's no problem. There, there's just so many stories about the way van horn handles stuff you know uh for example i won't go into the story and what happened but keichel was kind of acting a little crazy one time and van horn just set him straight and said i should have sent you to juco if you're gonna act like that i'll send you to junior college and come you know after all said and done he's a cy young award winner It's crazy but he's he's good at raining in Big-time
1: players. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, I tweeted this last night. It's like, you know, you look at the way – it's not like they're picking on Tennessee or they're picking on Oak State. I mean, again, I think most people have a perception there's a right way and a wrong way to play this particular game and to celebrate success. Like the kids stand on second base yesterday after getting a big hit late in the game for North Carolina. He's, you know, hooting and hollering and rooting and yelling at the crowd, you know, getting them fired up. Nothing wrong with that. But you know, you got the kid at Tennessee. You know, he hit the home run the other day. He literally hits himself in the chest with a bat, like he just won the World Series. Throws the, slams the bat down, and you know, I'm like, dude, get get over yourself. And then again, I think there's this, uh, the whole thing with them is just, you know, again, it crosses the line between celebration and and just being a complete ass clown. I mean, I don't know, It just sucks. Yeah, I hate it for them. I
2: totally agree. And also, you probably saw the video of. Uh the Weatherford Junior College game where the guy hit a home running and celebrating, talking, saying something, and the pitcher ran over there and tackled him and knocked yeah. his helmet into the air and, you know, it went viral. I don't know if you guys saw yeah, that. Yeah, we
1: saw it.
2: But that's the stuff That's the stuff that they're going to bring out If people. It's more than just baseball. It's showing up another human being. If, you know, if you're at a restaurant eating, are you going to let somebody come over there in front of everybody at the restaurant and, and accost you in front of everybody without standing up for yourself?
1: I don't know. How good's the steak, Justin? I mean, is it worth me getting up? I don't know. I mean, do I want to finish my meal or not? It depends. You know? That's right. If I'm at Mickey D's, you're probably going to get punched, but, you know.
0: <laughs> Does so this sure. surprise you at all? Because of Vitello, under Van Horn for so long, that some of that didn't rub off a little bit, or, you know, that he, he, he would allow his team to do this?
2: Well, I was talking to Van Horn because I don't know. I have only met Tony Vitello one time, and I, so I don't know him personally, but... Dan Horn was kind of talking and he's like, he kind of has a different attitude and mindset of what we have. And (laughs) he gets his feelings hurt a little easier than everybody else. So I I don't know if that's where some of the antics come from. And some of it is motivation. Some got players. He gets players because, hey, I want to go play for a guy to let me do whatever I want. I don't know what goes behind the scenes, you know, and then in which some, In some cases, he may not like me saying it, but in some cases, Musselman does kind of outside-the-box stuff, but not showing up the opponent like Tennessee, but he does outside-the-box coaching Mm -hmm. stuff, too, with us, and we all love him because he's here and he's winning.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think that's the difference. Again, his antics are not conventional, but if he was at another school, it wouldn't bother me because, to your point, he does it in a way that's not in any way taunting or disrespectful of the other team. He's just trying to get his people – I mean, he'll do anything to get his people Mm -hmm. fired up, which is cool. I I like that. Yeah.
2: And you know and again, I think that's Vitella's way, but it's it's not in in my opinion, it's not very classy way to do it. Yeah. Where Muslim's not showing anybody up.
1: Yeah, I patently reject the the argument too. There were some people that were going at me at, on Twitter. and It's like. I don't hate Rock Ridge because he's a bad, a good player. I think he's a phenomenal player. I like watching him play. I just don't think it's necessary. Look at Honeycutt. Kid's a true freshman. Twenty-four homers, yeah. flies. I mean, makes great plays defensively. I'm, I'm. I mean, I was celebrating that center field catch yesterday. Yeah. On, I mean, it's kid's awesome. But yeah. nobody's saying anything negative about him because he's not a, he's not a goof. So anyway, right.
2: And it's just been anything in life. You act up after – act like you've been there before. Mm-hmm. People appreciate a classy guy, especially a good classy guy, not yeah. the guy that's look at me after doing something well.
1: That's right. Well, listen, Justin, we appreciate the time. Uh, so you're coaching kids, your kids, other kids? Yeah, I –
2: the Brian Black Sox 7-year-old, come check us out. We're, we're getting better and better and better as the season comes out. It's a lot of fun. It's my new hobby. Okay. It's a stressful hobby. After this year, I might take up fishing
1: instead. <laughs> <laughs> got any future Razorbacks on that roster?
2: Oh, we got several. That, if, I, if I could predict the future, that we might have a shot. Hopefully my kid's one of them. He wants to do it. so. I try to get him out there and push him as much as I can. I think that would be great. That would be awesome.
0: Seven-year-olds. So what we got about so, 11 years? I know,
2: but don't judge me because I know it sounds crazy, seven-year-old competitive baseball, but that's how I grew up doing it. I come from one of the most competitive households out there. Ask my wife. I, I, I can beat her at marbles, and then I hover over and flex.
1: <laughs> You're not being classy when you win at marbles, Justin? We just no, talked I, about I this. Go
2: Tony, I go Tony Vitello on there. <laughs> he wants to – she wants
1: to hit me. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, you better get on the phone with Greg. We hope to see you in Omaha. All right. Sounds good,
2: guys. Thanks for having be me. be
1: a lot more fun at the new ballpark with Arkansas in the house. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get a chance Aimed to see you. i that. All right. Thanks for the time, man. Appreciate Little it. No All right. Justin Wells, good stuff. Former Razorback pitcher.